Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. I tell you, God is doing something great. Um, I titled this message today, A Life-Changing Revelation. And I pray that each and every one of us this morning will receive that. A life-changing revelation. And you know, in, in 22, we, we went to the book of Haggai and uh, it really changed everything for us. We had the word of the Lord and it, um, you know, God was with us and he was taking us on a journey out of the valley of the pandemic and upwards to a place where our destiny as Highway Church is going to be. And, you know, for a pastor, that is a significant moment. We don't just do church. You've got to build the church. You've got to build the people. You've got to take them on a journey where they can you know, just continue in their destiny in God. And when you have the word of the Lord, man, that takes the pressure off. Because the human nature, the flesh in all of us goes, you know, what am I going to do to, you know, to help that person? What am I going to do to make it happen? What am I going to do to bring that about? It's not up to me. It's up to Yahweh. And when he gives you the word of the Lord, you run with it, you know. And coupled with that, uh, this year we're drawn to Ezekiel 47. And um, he's been teaching us about the flow of the river, the flow of life, and encouraging us to step deeper and deeper and deeper into what he's got for us. Actually, Thursday night we were at a, a district pastor's meeting on the Gold Coast, and after the service, uh, service was over, everyone was out having a coffee and Ann and I were just about to, to leave our seats and, and um, Pastor Corey Turner from Melbourne, we're kind of talking about this revival that's broken out in, in Melbourne and um, uh, he came up to us and, and, he, and we don't know the guy, I don't think, you know, uh, I might have met him once years ago somewhere, doing, but I don't know the guy, he doesn't know me. Um, and, uh, and he walked up to us, he said, he said, the water's rising. It's getting higher. He said, the river's flowing. He said, get into the river. He said, Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47. He said, get in the river, get into the flow of God. And, and you know what? <laughs> he had no idea. We've been preaching on Ezekiel 47 all year. And there are amazing things that God says, I'm with you. I am with you. And I can run with that all day. So powerful. And we see in, in Ezekiel 47 that the angel takes him on a journey of, of revelation, which was ankle deep and then knee deep and then waist deep and then he's swimming in it. And then in verse 6, it says, Then he asked me, Son of man, do you see this? And this is the life-changing revelation I want you to get today. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see this? I mean, think about it. He's, the, 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 the man's measured, you know, five football fields and said, ankle deep. 
and then five football fields and then knee-deep, and then five football fields. I mean, this is no small thing. And then there's a river, a river you can't cross. It's that big. It's the flow of the blessing of God for his people. So this is a huge thing, this revelation that he's taken Ezekiel through. And then he asks this question, son of man, do you see it? Do you see it? And it's a question that, you know, God is asking his church today. He's asking each one of us. Do you see it? Don't miss this. Do you see it? In other words, I'm about to do something that is, is going to bring a revival in the church that will usher in the end time harvest. I'm not saying it's end times. I'm saying it's going to be such a revival in you and I that we will usher in the end time harvest. But you have to see it. So I'm praying about this and uh, this has been on my heart a lot and I've been praying and praying about it. The Lord takes me to Moses and the burning bush. Moses and the burning bush. Go to Exodus chapter 3. Now, I prepared this message somewhere last Friday. Can't remember where. Not yesterday, uh, the day before, but the Friday before that. I get to men's camp Friday night. Pastor Jono, which, which was, with the men's camp was unreal, by the way. The presence of God in that place. And John O'Carriage, Pastor John, he, he was flowing in the Holy Ghost brilliantly. Um, gee, you could, have, you could have been there, guys, really. You missed something powerful in God. Anyway, John o breaks open the Word of God and says, okay, I want to preach out of Exodus 3, Moses and the burning bush. I said, oh, great, I've got to bring that Sunday. Let's, let's have a little read, shall we? Of, I'll give you a bit of background with it, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. He said, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hebrides, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way of the Egyptians uh, oppressing uh, them. 
So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Three things we want to have a look at in this account that Moses had with the burning bush. First one was the pursuit. Was the pursuit. If you look in verse 3, he said, So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. The pursuit. I mean, Moses is going about his day-to-day routine, right? He's a, he's a sheep guy. And he's doing what all sheep guys do on, on their sheep day. And that's just, you know, what do they do? Walk with sheep. Um, that's what they do. Well, he was doing that, right? And then he saw this thing and he's going, oh, wow, check that out. Now, he could have said, oh, gee, you don't see that every day. That's pretty cool. Come on, sheep. Let's go. Let's keep sheeping, whatever we do. He didn't, though. He said, now, wait a minute. I'm going to check this out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check this out. He saw something that attracted his attention. He saw it. Do you see it? What God is about to do. He saw it and then he got this thought, you know, I'm going to check it out. We know about the prodigal in Luke 15, in verse 17, it says, when he came to his senses... In other words, he's sitting in the worst possible place of his life and all of a sudden he gets this, this epiphany, you know. You know what? It was so much better at, at Dad's house. So much better. He saw that for the first time. When he was home, he was probably one of those kids that were always thinking, oh, I never get this, I don't want that, and they never do this for me, and I, I'm having that. And he goes out and lives in a pig pen and he's like, you know what? <laughs> Home wasn't so bad. Now, that's not an invitation for kids to go back and live at home, all right? <laughs> if you've left home, stay away. That's it. That's the rules. Now, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but, amen? Guess this, he saw it. He saw it. And then he pursued after it. He got up, went back. Got up, did something about it. And how many of us would, you know, dream of a better job? You know, like, gee, I wish my, my home was a bit happier. <laughs> a lot happier than what it is now. You know, I wish my, my family were, were more loving and more caring or, 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 or whatever, whatever it is. We dream about it. We would love it to happen. Why don't we pursue it? So if you want a better marriage, pursue it. Go after it. Get the revelation. You know what? It's got to be better than this, and I'm going to make sure of it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to find out. I want a better job? Okay, I might need some education. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to go after it. I'm sick of idling away in this dead-end job. God's got something better for me. My destiny is better than this. I'm pursuing what God has for me. Amen? Got to go after it, folks. Otherwise, nothing changes. Go around a mountain. Go around a mountain. Amen? Nothing changes. 
That's why this season is so important for us as a church. That's why it's so important. It's great for us to have the word of the Lord. And I know 100% God has spoken to us. And that's awesome. That is awesome. But we can't just do church now. We can't just same-o, same-o. Same as it's always been. Amen? We've got to pursue it. We've got to go after it. We have the word of the Lord. The river's rising. Now, I'm not happy with ankle deep. I'm not happy with knee deep. Amen? I don't want to be just up to my waist and call it a day. No, I want to dive into this puppy and have everything it's got for me. Amen? Pursue it. Go after it. Do whatever it takes. Find out what, what you need to do to start to see it in your spirit. And you'll be amazed at what God does. You will be amazed at what God does. Can't just be another sermon. Can't just be another challenge of the Holy Spirit and move on. No, Calvary is crying out for a greater response than that. Did you hear me this morning? Calvary, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, is crying out for a greater response than same-o, same-o. Amen? A greater response in the darkest hour I've ever seen in my life. A second thing is the reverence. First thing was the pursuit. The second was the reverence in verse 5. It says there in verse 5, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Wow. Moses has gone after what God was doing. And he had to remember that this was the mountain of God, it was a holy place. It was a holy place, and, and Moses had to reverence that. He had to reverence that. You remember Moses, after he brought the people out, he brought them back to the, the mountain of God. And at the base of the mountain of God, there was like this invisible line, I guess, but you know, if, if people stepped over that or if any animal stepped over that, they would die. And you think, why? Because it's holy ground. It's holy ground. Holy place. <clears throat> the holy of holies behind the curtain. Once a year the priest would go in. If there's any sin in that man's life, he was dead. He was dead. Why? Because it was a holy place. It was a holy place. And you've got to reverence that. I mean, don't get me wrong, the grace of God is amazing. I love the grace of God. The grace of God is like a river. It flows, it's there, it's for every, every part of your life. But we should never replace reverence of God for His grace. God is holy. We should never become familiar, familiar with his presence, because he's holy. That's why it's so important that 
if we, if we do not reverence God, we are destined to become our own God. Listen to me. If we don't reverence God, we are destined to become our own God. And I'll tell you this, we make lousy gods, folks. We make lousy gods. Every time the people of God were conquered by a nation and taken into slavery, taken into captivity, it was because they turned their backs on God and said, no, I can do this. We'll do it our way. God goes, okay. You have a free will to choose. You have a free will. I'll take my hand off and, and it went to custard every time. Wasn't just a couple of bad luck occasions. No, every time it went to custard. Why? Because he's holy. You know, I was just in a pastor's meeting and um, John Bevere was speaking to us and he was telling us about um, Jim Backer. Who, who remembers Jim Backer? You remember that? Yep. Okay, so he's a real bloke, right? In the 80s, Jim Backer was probably the greatest evangelist uh, we had in the world at that time. I mean, he had PTL, the, uh, the, the television ministry, which was new then, you know, like he was a television evangelist and whatever, and he was, he was the biggest thing around, Jim Backer. And then after a while, something went wrong and he got in a bit of trouble with finances and stuff and ended up going to jail for five years. And I've read his book, I've read his book. And he gives the account that He'd known God all his life, but it was in jail he was born again. He was born again in jail. And I've seen the guy, he, I think he was a dunamis many years ago. Can someone remember that? He, he came out, whatever. The man is the most humble, born again man you ever want to meet in your life today. Yet he was bigger than big once. Bigger than big. And John Bevere's interviewing him, you know, in, in, in his fourth year in prison, he, he rung John Bevere and said, hey, come and... Uh, uh, come and interview me and I want to tell you a bit of my story and stuff. Anyway, they're, they're talking along and, and John Bevere says to, to Jim, he said, he said, when was it? What was the, the moment or the event or the occasion that you fell out of love with God? And Jim Baxter said, he said, never. It's like, he said, but mate, you, you couldn't do the stuff you did and still love God, surely. And he said, I, I never stopped loving God. He said, I stopped fearing God. You hear me today? Now, I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about legalism, all right? And I'm not talking about fear that, you know, fire from heaven's going to come. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a reverence for God. That we have a respect for God. You know, Jesus said, he said, unless you become like a little child, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. Well, what does that mean? It means kids respect their dad. And you know, kids, little children, have a mentality that they don't do stuff if they know dad's going to be unhappy with them. Amen? When you were a kid, if you knew if you did that thing, dad was going to not be happy with you. You didn't do it. Why? Because you respected your father. There's a reverence for the father. It's the same for every child of God. 
We reverence the Lord. Why? Because he's holy, folks. We don't get a lot of that in our society. It's a bit of a lost understanding. But let me tell you, he's holy. And his presence, well, I go to church today, I go to church today, he's holy. And we need to reverence who he is. Moses understood that. And I remember when I heard that testimony from when John Revere was, was telling us, and I, I remember years ago, I, I knew some folks that had been Christians all their life, and some of the stuff they got up to, I, I couldn't believe it. I, like, you could have, you know, slapped me up the side of the head. I, I just, like, how did, I couldn't, and I remember saying to Annie, I said, they obviously don't fear God. <laughs> you obviously don't fear God, you know. This, you don't muck around with this stuff, amen? This is serious stuff. Why? Because he's holy. Take off your shoes. It, it, in the present, he's, he's a holy God. God loves everyone on this planet and he has a, a perfect plan for your life has a perfect plan for your life, but, but he is God and, and he doesn't conform to our way. Amen? We conform to his way. What does uh, uh, Romans 12, 2 says? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Would have been so much easier if we were robots if we were programmed just to do God's will, wouldn't that be easier? But we're not. We're human beings and he's given us a free will, a free will to choose. To choose God or reject God. And that brings me to number three is the commission in verse 10. The commission. My goodness, so now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And this is the pointy end of the spear, spear, people. This is the pointy end of the spear. In verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. And I love, I love this in verse 8. He says, so I have come down to rescue them. To rescue them. Live a life with purpose. Live a destiny that has a purpose to it. Be a part of God's plan to rescue them. Doesn't get better than that, folks. God has come down to rescue those enslaved by Pharaoh. And he chose to work through Moses to get it done. Chose to work through Moses to get it done. Let, 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 let me say it this way. That, that God, the Holy Spirit, has come down to work through you and I to get the job done. To see people rescued. To see people set free. There's not a believer in this room. I, I can guarantee that is not eternally thankful to that one person who shared the love of God with them. 
There wouldn't be one believer in this room because you know once you made that decision and once you experience God, there's no turning back from that because it's too good. You get it. You see it. You come out of darkness into light. Your eyes are open. You see it and it's good. Forget religion. Forget all that stuff. Forget all that bondage and all that sort of stuff. You find Jesus Christ. It's good. Amen? It's good. We wouldn't go back. We need that for everybody. We want that for everybody. The Holy Spirit came down to work through us. And that responsibility falls upon us. You know, I'm eternally thankful to the couple, Annie, remember? Couple, uh, uh, Ron and Joe. You know, they, they witnessed to us. They witnessed to us. I would work for this guy in a butcher shop at Woodridge. And every time I turned around, there'd be an open Bible somewhere. Now, who has a Bible in a butcher shop? Seriously. But, you know, he had, he had worship music playing. And he'd tell me about Jesus. I'm like, la, 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 la. I don't want to know, mate. I'm an alcoholic. I'm happy with that. I just wanted to drink. Kept trying to tell me about Jesus. Man, I'm glad he pursued. I'm glad he continued. I'm glad he never gave up on me. I wouldn't be here today if he did. Now, I'm not going to pull out Matthew 28, 19. Today, you know that, the Great Commission. But I will say this. The slave drivers are alive and well today. The slave drivers are alive and well. The spirit of this age is destroying people, is destroying families. Why? Because they don't know anything better. Unless you tell them. Unless you tell them. And verse, on, uh, verse 11 onwards in that passage of Scripture, he, Moses, <laughs> Moses comes up with every excuse why he's not the guy. You read that. Oh, I don't talk real good. You know, I'm, uh, I'm just not smart enough. Comes up with every excuse why he isn't the guy. A bit like what's going through your head right now. Oh, they won't listen to me, Pastor. I've read the Bible 20 times. What do I know? No one will listen to me. I, I don't talk real good. I, I'm, I get embarrassed. I'm a shy person. Amen? Not true. He promised, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. You open your mouth to speak. Don't worry about the words you have to say. Is that what the Bible says? The Father will give you the words to say. Don't condemn. You just got to love them. Just got to love them. 
It's not hard, folks. God said to Moses in verse 12, He said, I'll be with you. I'll make a deal with you. I'll make a deal with you. You invite people to come and I'll give them an opportunity to find Christ. Every time I preach, you bring them. You invite your family, your friends, those who don't know Christ. You bring them and I'll give them an invitation. It's up to them what they choose. But at least they'll know. Amen? At least they'll know. Is that fair? I'll I'll give an opportunity right now. Hold on. Look, this is the way it works. If you're sitting here today and this is a bit new to you, you, you don't know what Christ is all about, right? You don't know what this church thing's all about, whatever. Maybe your first meeting, maybe you've got people talking to you, whatever. It works this way. We know that we are body, soul, and spirit, right? Everyone agree with that? Everyone agrees with that. We know that our body and our soul, right, when we cark it, have the rooster, right? When our day is done, we know that our body will go to dust, right? Our soul will be rendered useless. Our body will go to dust. But our spirit lives on. Our spirit is eternal, right? And that's every human being. Have you ever seen a person that's just passed away? I have. I've seen a few. And they've just passed away and it's like, but you look the same. You look the same. What's the difference? In no life. Why is that? Because the spirit has departed. Everyone agree with that? It's not too flaky, is it? Everyone, our spirit is eternal. They look exactly the same, but their spirit's departed. Does that make sense? Well, what happens then? The Bible tells it. The Bible tells us that God has prepared a place for us in eternity for those who have chosen Him. It's that simple. And so what we've been banging on about all morning is to to say, give you the opportunity to to choose God or reject God. No one's going to force you. But the decision you make will be the destiny of your spirit in eternity. Now we know there's only two places in eternity. There's with God and without God. Amen. And from what I've read and understood, with God is the place to go. With God is the place to go. Is that right? Amen. You agree with me? So all we're simply doing is giving you an opportunity to choose God. And when you do that, you know your eternity is assured and you'll be with God and not without God. That's a good deal. And the fringe benefits along the way is that he can build a better life right now. And that's pretty darn good as well. But you have to accept that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross. He took away our sin, gave us an opportunity to be clean before God, enabling us 
to spend eternity with God. That makes sense? So this is how it works. I'm going to ask you right now, if you're sitting here in this place and you say, I haven't made that decision. If I said to you, if I said to you, you know, where are you going in eternity? And you can't tell me. Then you need to make a decision. I'm a news nut. Who's a news nut like me? News nut, you pick up your phone, you've got to look at those news reports. Come on, confess. You flip up with your thumb into those news reports. What are the Kardashians doing? Big news, folks, big news. Had another surgery. Oh, good, yeah. Man. I was doing that the other day and girl 24, no idea, shock diagnosis, died of cancer, 24, surfer taken by a shark, 18, 23, car accident over Ipswich, whole family taken out. Is that real? Am I right? My question is, and sometimes why I weep, is I don't know if they've had an opportunity to decide on their eternity. And I'm not going to let you leave this place without giving you an opportunity today. It's your choice after that. You, you make your choice. But I'm going to give you the opportunity. And I encourage you, I love you to tell you this. You don't want to say no. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up in a minute. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up and then I'm going to pray for you. And some people say, oh, that's old school. Well, I think it's Jesus. I think it's gospel. Think about it right now. If you're sitting here and your heart's starting to get a little bit faster, you can guarantee that's the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart saying, come on, man, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. If there's confusion in your mind right now, don't listen to that. That's the the darkness of this world trying to confuse and to rob you from this opportunity. He's robbed you enough up to today. Let me tell you. Don't listen to that. But if you definitely want a brand new start, a brand new start, your past washed away, a brand new start. Now, not every problem you've got in your life is going to be fixed overnight, but you're on the journey of restoration. And like me, 44 years later, you'll say, that was the greatest decision I ever made. So I'm going to get you to put your hand up. You might be a really good person. It's not about good or bad. It's not about good or bad. There'll be good people that won't spend eternity with Jesus because I never accepted Him. The Bible tells us that He's standing there to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Who's read that scripture? 
So it's there, it's real, isn't it? It's in the Bible. Depart from me, I never knew you. You don't want to be that guy. You need to say yes. You need to say yes and the journey begins. The greatest journey of your life for the destiny that God has for you. You say, why are you going on and on about it? Because this is real, the most important part of our service today. Not the word, not the worship. This right now, people making a decision for eternity is the most important part of the service today. You are the most important person in this service today. So right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Why don't everyone just bow our head a little bit, make it a little bit more comfortable for those who feel a bit awkward. If that's you, if that's you today, say yes. Yes. I want to accept Christ. I want a brand new start. I want my eternity to be assured. Then let me, please, raise your hand right now. Right now, lift it up. Yeah, up the back there, up the back, up the back over here. Come on, there's, there's others. You want to lift up your hand so I can see it? Because I want to pray for you. I want to know who I'm praying for. Where are you? Up the back there, two, three, four. Come on, here, sir, thank you. Come on, someone else. Come on, up, up there, two up there, yep. Right up the back there, hi, little guy. Good to see you, man. Give me a wave, you beauty. Come on, sir, here. Somebody else, come on. Just lift it straight up and then, you little darling, I love that. Thank you, okay. You can put your hands down now. Now, if you've, if you've made that decision, I'm gonna pray with you. I want you to do something incredibly brave for me. I want you to stand up and come down to the front here and I'll pray for you. Now, now you might be thinking, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Listen, listen. Every person in this room is for you, not against you. Thank you, guys. Come on down. Every person. Come on, give a round of applause. Stand up. Come on down. You up the back. You up the back. You over there. Come on down. Come on. I'm going to pray for you. This is a brand new start. This is a brand new start. Come on, come down the front here. Dan, Dan, move them along. Move them along. Come on, bring them down. That's fine. No, face me. Face me. Face me. I'm better looking than that mob. Face me. Somebody else? Manny, come on, face you. Yep. I'm going to get you to repeat a prayer after me. It's going to be simple because I'm simple. All right? It's a simple prayer. Just repeat that, and then we're going to help you. We're going to help you. We'll get you a Bible. We'll, we'll help you on this. But you know what? If you come on Thursday night, have we got Thursday night free, hunt? We have. Well, it's a housework night for me. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Thursday night, if you come, I'll decide you. On a Thursday night, if you come, I will sit with you. I will show you how the Bible, not me because I'm not smart enough, but I'll show you how the Bible can help you build a better life. Okay? I'm not an expert, but I've done it for 44 years. And I've got a couple of things I can help you with. And I'll do that for you because you're brave enough to put your hand up. You're worth my time. Okay? If, if you'll come Thursday night. Here, 7 o'clock. Anybody else? Quickly. Anybody else want to come down and take this opportunity? Quick, come on. Quickly. 
before I pray, I want to pray with you. Come on down. Where are you? Come on. I'm waiting for you. Rude to keep people waiting. Okay, look at me, look at me. I'm just going to say a simple prayer. I want you to repeat it after me. Okay? And this, nothing magic in the prayer, right? What the prayer is, is a line in the sand. You've seen that? Line in the sand. This is just your prayer is simply this. Okay? You say, I'm ready, God. I'm ready for a brand new start. I'm ready to do it better. I'm ready to learn my destiny in you. And I'm ready to do this journey from glory to glory. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Okay? Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I surrender my life. I accept that you are the Son of God, that you sacrificed for me, that you took away my sin and you gave me a brand new start. And as a decision of my will, I received that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I give these guys a round of applause? Awesome. Awesome. Come on. Well done, guys. Well done. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, champion. Good. Good. Come on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Let's do it. All right. Thank you. I'll see you uh, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, if you can make it. Or it might be after your bedtime. You can zoom in. You can zoom in. Okay. Take your seats, folks. Listen, before you go... Um, some of our team will, will actually connect with you before you leave. We'll get you a Bible. Um, we'll help you out with whatever you need. So um, that's good. Come on, give the Lord a round of praise today. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.